I, I sit down and I say, what would I like to earn per year? Or what do I want to earn every month? And then I sit down and I think about how much time I have. And then I realize if I want to make whatever it is, a few thousand dollars a month, but I only have this much time, you really start realizing that you need to charge a certain amount to be able to earn what you want to earn to be able to live the life you want to live, right? Welcome to the Life Story Coach Podcast, where you'll hear interviews, tips, and advice on the craft and business of personal history and life story writing with your host, Amy Woods Butler. Hi, friends. Amy here. On this show, we talk about the craft and business of writing and recording life stories for clients and their families. Well, today we're going to focus on the business side of things, and I am pleased to have Candace Kampfer here to talk with us. Candace has made it her mission to help teach women entrepreneurs how to do things like setting up their accounting and their bookkeeping systems. And I would say that her specialty is QuickBooks, but in reality, her deeper mission is really helping us design a business and a life that we love. She has lots of tools that we can use. Um, she has an online course confidence with QuickBooks. I think there's actually multiple courses. She does lots of videos um, and they're all very clear and focused and to the point. Um, They've been very helpful for me because honestly, accounting is kind of a scary thing for me. So Candice, welcome to the Life Story Coach podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I was hoping you could start by telling us just why you've chosen to help the group of people that you are helping. Well, uh, in a in a nutshell, basically, I was visiting my hairdresser one day, and I was trying to help her grow her business and make her life a little easier. And I asked her kind of how she was doing stuff. And long story short, she had been doing her bookkeeping, but never had reviewed any reports. And so I quickly showed her how to do that. And she got all emotional. And I got emotional too that day. And she realized like why her business had actually been struggling. Even though she had been tracking her books for about five to seven years, she had never really knew what was going on. And so that day on the way home in my car, I said, I promised myself I'm going to create this YouTube channel so nobody else can say they don't know how to pull these reports to make a difference in their business. Right. And that's, I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, I don't think I'm alone in having this kind of fear about accounting and bookkeeping. And, you know, I've been in business since 2010. Um, I only pulled reports for the very first time, I think probably two years ago. Now I have, I have everything um, that my accountant needs for doing taxes, but that's not really helping me direct my business in any way. And, you know, it's it's not a great feeling because you for me anyways, it's it's sort of like being on a really big horse. And I'm okay as long as the horse is going at a very slow walk, but I'm so afraid that it's going to bolt off and start running. And, you know, like if what if I have to do a journal entry? What if I have to, you know, there are so many things that seem way above my capability. I'm getting there, but it's been kind of a long haul and it's been scary. And that's not a good place to be. You don't want to feel like there's a really big, important component of your business that that's out of your control or just barely in your control. Does that come up very often where people have kind of this fear of accounting and bookkeeping? Oh, yeah. A lot of times people go, I like that you speak English. That's what they call it because so many people overcomplicate it. (laughs) And that's actually what I love about teaching it is because I'm not an accountant. um, I'm not a CPA. I don't do taxes for a living. I come from more of like an entrepreneurial mindset where it's like, 
get what you need, but what's the easiest way to do it? Because most people, like you're saying, it's not your specialty. Yet it's a vital part of your business to be able to do taxes. But what my key I tell people is, Taxes are like once a year, but you need to make your business more successful or not even more successful, but track your numbers throughout the year so you can say, hmm, what decisions can I do different or what's actually happening along the way? Right. And that takes, I mean, I know you're saying that people tell you you speak English and you do. I mean, that was that was the what attracted me to your your way of teaching was just the, the clear, um, you were clear and very focused in these shorter videos that, that you make. Um, but it's also, a, um, you also kind of have to know the language of numbers, right? Um, or at least what they're showing you when you pull these reports, the numbers show you something very real and definite that is uh, expressed in a different way than, you know, the narrative that all of uh, all of the people in my field, you know, were yeah. used to narrative and stories. But this is a different way of looking at things. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is, is that numbers are hard and fast, right? Like it's a black and white. And mm-hmm. Years ago, actually, my husband has a hardwood flooring company, and we were working really hard, but weren't making the money we wanted. And so, luckily, I had been doing teaching QuickBooks and doing book QuickBooks for a while and tracking his numbers. So we sat down. Um, our advisor told us just do more work, and we're like, that doesn't really make sense logically. Like, just doing more work if you're already not making enough money doesn't really make it does, and it doesn't make sense. So the cool thing was by having the numbers, we realized that we we just weren't charging enough. And you could say, oh, well, that's obvious. You're not charging enough. You're not making enough. But sometimes it's hard to make those decisions unless you can like see it in black and white in front of you. So as far as I like that, I like numbers, but I try to keep it simple. Yeah. Um, and, and it is, it's, it's just a different way. It's a different lens to look at your business through and it can be very revealing like it was um, in your case. Yeah. So what are the, when people come to you, if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I've never been in business for myself before. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, but I have no idea how to set up my accounting system. Um, what, what are the things that you tell them? Like, how does somebody start? Okay. So even if you don't want to, if you want to start the basic simplest way, I actually recommend something like an Excel spreadsheet. If you don't want, the nice thing about an accounting software like QuickBooks or something else is it gives you the reports. Um, but the very first step would be just tracking your numbers. And the very, very first step I normally recommend is starting a business bank account. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Because when you're small, mm. you just commingle everything, right? You mix your business and your personal and you're just trying to get by. But as soon as you start to track it in a separate bank account, it does make, especially if you're using accounting software, a lot easier to actually see what's going on. And if you don't have all your personal stuff mixed in there, then all you actually need to track is just what's happening within your business, at least to get started with. And then do you recommend, um, I think somebody had, I've had a couple mentors through year, through the years, and I think at the very beginning, it was that was exactly the advice that I got was start um, a business banking account and also a business credit card, because then you can really see, you know, if you put everything on your credit card, you know, as, as long as you can pay it off at the end of the month, um, but you put everything on your credit card and you can really see what kind of expenses you have. Is that uh, something that you also recommend? Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily tell people truthfully just to go get a business credit card, but definitely if you're a lot of times, one of the number one questions I get on my YouTube channel is people struggling with their credit card. So it's definitely on the top of the list. It's get a business bank account, get a business credit card. That way you're keeping things separate so that 
like I was saying, as you track it, you don't have to track all the times you go to the grocery store or to the, get different things that are not at all business related. Well, and for tax purposes, you want to keep that wall. You want to keep that division anyhow. Isn't that right? Um, for tax purposes, but really for like if people had entity structures, that's more like a legal, a legal purposes probably than necessarily taxes. Um, most of your audience probably doesn't have any entity structures or things like that at this point because well, I don't know. Do they? You know your audience better than I do. Well, I don't. Right. I would say probably, um, I think a lot of people operate with an LLC. Okay. Yeah. I'm not an attorney, but you would want to keep, especially if you're an LLC, an entity formation, that's an LLC or a corporation. You want to keep it separate because the whole point of having an LLC or corporation is to have a legal, like to separate yourself, right? For liability purposes. So Mm -hmm. definitely, yeah, you don't want to be mixing your different ways, your expenses. You don't want to mix them. If somebody is just starting out, um, how much of the foundational principles of accounting do they have to know? I mean, do you have to know your debits and credits or or is it really just a matter of kind of, you know, the first step is tracking everything outgoing and incoming? Yeah, that's exactly right. So especially, you know, people think that with accounting that they have to know the debits and credits and that it's, they're not a bookkeeper and all these things. You don't have to be to track your own numbers. So if you were just starting out basic, you would create an Excel spreadsheet. You would start with the, who you're, where you're spending money on the far left. And then you create columns, something like your income, maybe the different, a few different forms of income that you receive. If you have a couple different ways that you get paid for services and then your, your main categories of expense beside that. So fuel, office supplies, those kinds of things, meals and entertainment, you would create columns if you were doing it in Excel. If you're going to do something like QuickBooks, which is what I teach, you would, you don't need to have the debits and credits because the great thing about the software is it does it all for you. All you need to know within the software is, do I need to invoice a customer to get paid, depending on how you get paid from your customers? And then how do I pay my expenses? You just enter it one step at a time. What are some of the mistakes that you see people make when, they, when they're when they just setting up their, their bookkeeping systems? Overcomplicating it. <laughs> In my opinion, the number one mistake people make <laughs> is they say, Oh, I need all of this stuff in there. And they go in. So there's this, there's this term called chart of accounts in accounting. And that's where all of the different types of accounts, your in, your bank accounts and your income categories and your expense categories sit. And sometimes what people do is they go, I'm going to grab what my tax professional prepares for me. And I'm going to add all that into my QuickBooks. But the thing is, is that I tell people design your QuickBooks or whatever your Excel spreadsheet, whatever it is around the titles or topics that you want to see. So the key is, is don't think about what your CPA necessarily needs. Think about it from a managerial place. Like what do you want to see? That's, that's the first step I would say. And what are the kinds of things that like, how do people know what they want to see or, or ought to be seeing? Well, t- if you use if you use QuickBooks, it, they give you a generalized based off your business type type of business you're in. They'll give you a generic list of expense categories, like say fuel and repairs and maintenance and telephone and utilities and that kind of stuff. Um, but what I tell people is, after you've typically you're not going to know when you very 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 first start because you're new to it, right? So what I typically tell people is use the categories that are there. And then start pulling reports, which is really important, and look at them and then go, hmm, does that make sense? How would I, what do I want to see different on this report? You know, do I, you know, I'm really, it's like, what are you curious about within your business? 
usually people, when they look at a report, they go, oh, uh, I kind of am wondering. Most people know what they want to know about their business. Do you agree with that? Um, no. No? Okay, well, that's what I'm <laughs> I don't, honestly. <laughs> so, no, and, and, you know, to be honest, I, I might be further behind than most people when they start out in business. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I'm that far behind now, but at, at the very beginning, I had absolutely no idea what I was looking for um, or what kind of routine I should set up. And, and you know, you, you're talking about how, like, they have the, um, the, it's kind of like a template with, with QuickBooks, you know, where you can... S- you can specify what type of industry, but I'm still waiting for them to put life story professionals <laughs> as one of their choices. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, honestly, at the beginning, I had no idea what to look for. And it was, it was, it, it, it was a long time coming before I even had a hint. And even now, I'm not quite sure that I'm looking at all of the things that I need to be looking at. So I would say the first step is to use like a generic um categories. And then you just start using them. And so then I think what a lot of people, what you're saying and what a lot of people struggle with is going, hmm, where do I put this? So if what I tell people is don't overcomplicate it, just say, hmm, what is this really? For example, if you go get fuel, just find a fuel expense or vehicle expense. If you go get groceries, not groceries, but meals, you would find meals and entertainment. Or if you pay for subscriptions, you find dues and subscriptions. A lot of times they're generalized. And what a lot of people are looking for is what I call more complexity. They're looking for a very finute like detail where think about it in more of a generalized concept would probably make it a little bit easier than if you think like, oh, well, but but I bought pencils. Where do I put that? Don't worry about pencils. Think they're office supplies. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yes, yes. And actually, okay, I I guess I misspoke a little bit because finding, you know, going in and um, putting in all of the expenses, that I think is fairly clear. Like if if you're if people are following exactly what you're saying, you know, don't know have a few expense um, types. Mm And, and just make sure that you're putting them in those. Um, I guess what I was talking about was more on the report side of things. So um, once you have the data entered that needs to be in there, um, then I think it gets a little bit more complicated for people who don't have a real background in, in business. You know, what what reports should we be looking at and what should they be showing us? Um, and maybe you can talk a little bit about that because I know that you have, um, I'm not sure, is it a class that you have on the three reports that you need uh-huh. to make? manage and grow your business? Yeah, it's a workshop that I did. And so, uh, especially if you're using QuickBooks. So the if you're using QuickBooks or any accounting software, the first report you want to be pulling is what's called a profit and loss. What is that, right? It's just a term. It's the profit is the income side. So it's what it's whether you had a profit or you had a loss in the overall end result of your business. So the first area at the top is always going to be your income. This is the different ways you get paid from your clients, from your customers. And then, so you may have a few different types. So for example, for me, I would have like courses or private sessions, depending on what you guys are offering. Those are the categories you'd see at the top, the ways you get paid. And then you're going to see a total. And then below that, you're going to see all the expenses that you pay, whether like we were saying before, fuel, office supplies, whatever you have as far as your business expenses. And then the bottom line number is, did you make a profit or did you have a loss? That's what the term for profit and loss means. And basically what it's telling you is, where does your business stand 
at the end of this period of time that you select. So profit and loss has a beginning date, an end date. You choose what time frame you want to look at and you decide, did you make a profit or loss during that time frame? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and for the profit and, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. And then, and then I have a few questions to ask you on the timing of all these things. Okay. So within the profit and loss, what are, what are businesses typically looking for to make business decisions? Typically, what I tell people is to look through your income and see, you know, have you been making your income in the areas you thought? Are you like, for example, my husband with his hardwood flooring, we might break his down in between uh, install- installing and then maybe refinishing because he works with solid hardwood. And so you can mm. choose that. And so you want to look at your business and you want to say, hmm, what did I make? Like, these are my different income. Did I make it where I thought? Am I making it in a, am I making more money in this area than this? Like say for me, am I making more money in course sales than in private sessions? You know, you kind of, you can see what's the, the hard and fast reality of your business. And then in the expenses, you can go through and you can see, you can pick it by a time frame. So you can pick it by a month, you can pick it by the quarter, by the year. Um, within QuickBooks, you can compare it to previous years. So you can see, how am I doing this year to date compared to last year to date or that kind of stuff. And within the expenses, you want to look and see, you know, how much am I paying in internet versus phone versus whatever your other expenditures are. In comparison to your income, you know, are you spending way more in education or why, where, what's happening with where your money's going? That's basically what you're trying to figure out. Okay. So that's one of the mm-hmm. reports it, and there's two yes. more. So the, the second report is what's called a balance sheet. A balance sheet fills in the blanks from a profit and loss. You have your bank account, which is all your assets. And then you have your liabilities. That's any credit cards you owe, any bills that you owe, any sales tax, things like that. And then it has your equity. And your equity is how much you've made over the different years of having your business. And then it has your net of where you sit right now, which would match the same number if you picked the same time frame as your profit and loss. Mm-hmm. And this, the the balance sheet is more um, a lifetime look uh, over the over the whole lifetime of the the business. Is that right? Yeah, kind of. It's it's where does your bank account sit? Well, the the balance sheet is what's called a snapshot. So a profit and loss has a beginning and date. A balance sheet is everything up to the specific date. Like where does it sit on this one day that I pick? Everything that's happened up to that date. Okay. And then what is the third report? The third report is a QuickBooks specific report, and I it's called. Um, um, sales by item summary and items within QuickBooks is what you use when you're creating invoices to bill your customers. And the benefit of this is you summarize. I typically tell people to kind of make big categories on their profit and loss for the income cat types, but then inside the items, give yourself more detail. So if you offer more detailed about your services that you provide, it would be in this on this report. And so that would allow you to get more specific in exactly which services you're making and the income and the percentage, the overall percentages and detail of how much you're making for more of the services or products you provide. Now, is that to, um, so do you recommend that people look at that so that you can kind of see what your, what your top income earning items are? Yes, exactly. Okay. And then that gives you a tool to help guide the direction of your company, I'm assuming. Yeah. So you can see like, I sold this many of this product or service that you offer. And that's this per- this overall percentage. So if you 100% of your business, maybe 50% came from this type of product or service, then you can go, oh, I'm actually doing more on that 
that product or service than I originally thought. And so it allows you to kind of structure, maybe if you want to go in a different direction within your business, but this is where you're making most of your income, then you can decide, do I want to do more marketing and more things to help grow the area that I want to expand upon? Okay, so now I have a question that's very specific to service-based industry. So the people um, out out there doing life story, you know, having life story businesses, um, we are we provide um, a finished product at the end. So whether it's a book or a video or um, an audio, uh, there's a few other creative things too that people are producing. But in general, it, it, at least from from where from where I stand, where I do books for people, the bulk of my time and the bulk of the costs that go onto the invoice is for my editing services, writing and editing. Mm-hmm. Um, and is there a way to account for my time? Um, because otherwise, it looks like almost all of the income, you know, when somebody pays me an invoice, it looks like that's almost 100% profit, right? Minus the expenses, you know, my fixed expenses. But but it's not exactly because my time has a cost. Mm-hmm. So how do you factor that in? Or is there a good way of doing that? So, I mean, there's a few different ways you can do it. You, you're not paying yourself payroll, correct? So you're not really tracking your time through that. Right. Um, as far as there's, everybody has time that they put through their business, but they don't, you don't, unfortunately, you don't really get to write your time off. That's just part of the value that you're, um, providing. So for like me, um, I do consulting work, but obviously I'm putting or work with private clients. I'm obviously putting time into that. Um, but that's what you're getting paid for. So the reality is you can't write your own time off. That is just, um, profitability within your business. It's what it, you're basically getting paid for your time. You could track your time, um, within the time tracking, but that's more just as a tool for billing purposes, not necessarily to add expenses within your business. Okay. Well, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, it's not even for writing it off or anything, but just to see if something is profitable or not. So is there a way of seeing what your profit margin is if you're charging um, by the hour? Like, is there a do you even know what I'm asking? So, um, because I can look at these numbers, but I can't really see if I'm being profitable or not. I can see um, how much income is coming in, but without measuring how much of my time is going out to produce that. And I'm, I, I guess what I'm talking about is billable hours. You know, I, I yeah. understand that we all have the, the cost of our administration time, you know, handling the business. So, within QuickBooks, there is a time tracking feature where you could add a value to your time tracking and then make your value like a billable item. Mm -hmm. So meaning you bill your customer so much per hour, but then your cost for yourself is so much per hour. Um, I'll have to mess around with that a little bit. It's not something that I typically use a whole lot because most people who are uh, self-employed, don't worry so much about that. Mm-hmm. But you could set yourself up an um, an item, a non-payroll type item, and then go in and set up like your service item and your cost and that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll have to work on creating a little video for you guys on that. All right. Or maybe this is just me overcomplicating it <laughs> and doing exactly Probably. what you tell people <laughs> not to do. Right. Right. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, when you are creating your invoices, do you track how many hours you have? And is that how you build, like, how do you bill your customers? 
Yeah. So what I do is um, I have an online timekeeper app. So I, I use something called Toggle. And whenever I'm working on a client, mm-hmm. whenever I'm doing billable work, I have it, I track it on Toggle. So I turn the timer on and off and I have it separated out by client and then what I'm doing for them, whether it's editing or, you know, uh, Photoshop work or, or whatever, or, you know, interviewing. Um, and then each week, <laughs> I say, you know, I say that as if I'm really regular at it, but I try to do it every week. I transfer that, those hours into QuickBooks and I have myself set up as the only employee in my QuickBooks account. And I use the track time by week. Um, and so I just, I fill out the time that I spend and it's, you know, per client with the item being, um, uh, what kind of work I was doing for them so that when I generate the invoice, they'll see uh, the the date and how much time I spent on it and what I was doing. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So you're basic, you are tracking it. I just want to make clarity for your question. So your question is, I want to know how much I'm truly making on my time. Is that what your question is? Yes, I guess it is. And I and I have played around with it before where I kept track of total time. Um, so I was using my, my Timekeeper app for non-billable and billable hours. And then it just got, it just got out of hand. It, you know, it was taking me way too long to keep track of all this and then write it down. And I'm not good with spreadsheets. So I was doing this all by hand. Um, it was a good exercise for a while. I think I kept it up for maybe three weeks or something. And, uh, I, I was just trying to figure out what my hourly rate was, you know, because I do tend to work an awful lot of hours. Um, and it's, pretty illuminating to see, to compare how many hours you're working on your business, either in the business or on the business, you know, doing billable hours plus everything else that you have to do for your business to keep it going and see then how much you're billing out. Um, Because that really is the effective, you know, hourly rate, which you're getting after you add in all of those non-billable hours, right? Yeah, totally. So in QuickBooks, they have the billable option, or you can add time that's not billable, and it will still go under the customer as a cost, but not bill the customer for it. So on the far right, it says billable. If you don't checkmark that, you can still track your time, but it won't bring it forward to the invoice, but it will show up. If you go under profit and loss by job, by customer, it will track that cost involved in it or track it for you, but it won't make it where it's actually an income category, but it will track it for you. So you might mess around with that a little bit. Right. Yeah. And then it does not go on the um, the customer's invoice. Yes. That's interesting. Okay. That's good to know. Well, okay. It shouldn't <laughs> be all about me. So I'm going to ask no, you. Go ahead. Move on. I just wanted to answer your question. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that because, it, you know, it's just, it's trying to see if um, clearly I've, I've been doing this for a while and I absolutely think it's worth my time, but I, I do want to know how valuable my time is. And um, I think the reason I even got started you know, trying to track my the profitability profitability was that I tend to, um, and this is something that we might want to touch on too, but I, I tend to give away hours. Um, you know, if I'm working with, I, I, I end up really liking all of my clients. There are very, very few clients that I don't end up just thinking like, oh my gosh, I love working with this person. And so you want to give them the very best that you can. And for a long time, for me, that was like, you know, just 
taking away, taking off hours on my invoice. You know, I would, I would think to myself, oh, I really shouldn't be charging them for all those hours. And, um, you know, it, it's a little bit of self doubt. Like, was I really on tart? Was I really being focused during that work session? And I don't think that's healthy. It's not a healthy way to run a business. Um, and that was what led me into trying to figure out, okay, how profitable am I being? And, you know, and, and that does, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, you work with a lot of women. Um, and I think that I'm probably not the only one out there who has that kind of, um, I don't know, that, that fear of charging what we're really worth, you know, of really, um, of sending out those invoices and saying like, look, this is all the work that I've done for you. And, and, uh, you know, the invoices can be pretty big and it can be, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not even quite sure how to express myself. Um, but I know that there are other people that I've talked to that have that same that same feeling like, wait, should we really mm-hmm. be charging them? So do you see that very often in the people that you're helping? Oh, yeah. I, I think that's just called entrepreneurialism, right? Like just being your own, like working for yourself. And it's different when you're responsible to bill somebody and you want to be able to look them in the face and be like, this is a fair bill than it is when you just work for an employer and you just get paid per hour and you work eight hours a day and you know, like, or whatever your hours are. So I think it's, everybody struggles with that. Is this a fair price to charge? I know over the years, my business has transformed and changed and, and what I charge changes. And I think it also, as you get where you're more in demand, it's easier to understand your value. And it's easier to be like, yeah, I I need to charge more because I only have, the reality is, is for me, I'm speaking from my own experience. I know that I look at it sometimes and I go, I I sit down and I say, what would I like to earn per year? Or what do I want to earn Mm -hmm. every month? And then I sit down and I think about how much time I have. And then I realize like, if I want to make, you know, whatever it is, a few thousand dollars a month, but I only have this much time, you really start realizing um, that you need to charge a certain amount to be able to earn what you want to earn to be able to live the life you want to live, right? Right. Um, So I think, it, I think that being confident with your billing and being confident with your skill set comes over time and it gets easier. So if anybody listening has struggled with the same thing, just know it gets easier. And the more you do and the more um, kind, loving confidence that your clients give you when they like rave about how well you did makes it easier and you get mm-hmm. more confident. It just, it just comes over time. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And it's and you can always be surprised. I mean, there's some clients who you can hand a really big invoice to. I mean, I always I I almost always give the invoices in person. Um and I like to do it, you know, with something. So I I like to give it to them with a draft that that, you know, of the work in progress. Um just because that makes me feel a little bit more confident. But sometimes, you know, the the least likely clients, you know, the ones who seem to have be of the most modest means, they're the first ones to grab their checkbook and not let you walk out of the house without them paying you. And then other times, thankfully, it's much rarer, but you know, people will, you know, kind of get a little, I don't know, there'll be a little bit of pushback (laughs) sometimes. Um, But but I have found um, I had a recent client who who definitely was like that, and he and I talked about it quite a bit because I had to have a I had to have a really frank conversation with him, saying that you know I couldn't do my work well for him. I couldn't give him the product that he wanted, the book that he wanted, unless we got clear on the invoicing and the payments. And he, you know, he 
he was very honest about how this was a, a factor in his life that he just had a very hard time letting go of money, even though he had plenty of it. And he knew that it stood in his way, not just with me, but in a lot of respects. So sometimes when we meet with resistance, when we meet with a hard you know, when there's a challenge, it does make us stronger. Um, it's just not fun to go through, though, <laughs> when, when you're in that moment. Do you ever notice that you can tell, like, c- can you usually feel or know, like, when you're going to work with somebody ahead of time, if that's going to be a problem in the future? People get very excited when you sit down and they commit to doing a um, a project with you. You know, they they commit to taking on um, me, hiring me to write a book for them. People get very excited, and sometimes they're not paying very close attention to the money talk, which sounds odd. Um, but I've had that happen a few times, and um, you know, I'll I, I try to tweak it each time as I go along. So I'll ask people, like, you know, is there a, a monthly budget that you want us to stick to? Because I don't do contract prices. I don't I don't say okay. you know this it, the a, a project for you know this many pages is going to cost this much. I do hourly rates, and then I try to explain to them what goes into you know an hour of interview, and I give them a broad range. Um, but and giving the broad range, I feel I feel like I've I've done what I need to do to to set up their expectations for what they'll be paying. But then some invoices are much higher than others, depending on what part of the project we're in. So um, occasionally, yes, I can be surprised or they can be surprised. And, uh, you know, they they still pay it. Um, but again, it's just that sort of uncomfortable feeling. And that makes me less... Um, Excited. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And you want, you know, when I I feel like I do really good work and I feel like I'm absolutely giving them something of value, um, right? I mean, the, the best case scenario is they feel like they're getting more than they paid for and that I'm getting compensated fairly. And I think that is all in place, but it's it's still, you know, the whole invoicing is still a challenge for me, um, <laughs> but it has gotten a lot better too. I think that's a common a common thing that most people that are service-based, it's a little uncomfortable unless it's really clearly um, explained. So, you know, I don't know what you recommend to your audience, but maybe, and you may already have this, but something in writing that you give them. The other thing I was going to say is I've found with a lot of entrepreneurs, we talk about this, it's like you usually get that gut feeling when you um, talk to different people and you kind of can tell intuitively whether they're the right match or not. And so I would suggest to your audience, um, trust that, trust that feeling of like, you know, everybody wants to work, but no, like trust within if it's a good match or not. That's all I was going to suggest. Right. Yeah. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. So getting back just to the, to the, um, yeah. like the, the pure accounting end of things, um, do you have recommendations on what people should be doing as, um, as a matter of routine? So like, is there yeah. daily or weekly or monthly routines that, that we should follow, um, to keep up with the bookkeeping? Yeah. So even though I'm like the mechanic, right? You know how they always say like the mechanic never keeps up with their own car. Over the years, (laughs) (laughs) over the years, I personally get behind on my own accounting. And so the last couple of years, I've done a a lot better at this. But what I typically recommend is depending on which version of Quick, if you're using QuickBooks or anything, um, QuickBooks offers a desktop version, which is on your computer. And then they offer a virtual one that's on the cloud that is an online based. And so Either one of those, you can actually sync them with your bank account if that 
feels good to you and it will download the transactions kind of as they happen. And then if you're doing something mm-hmm. like that, I would recommend, you know, every week or two weeks going in, depending on how many transactions you have and sitting down and just entering them. If you keep up with them, something like that is easier. And if you're not going to download the transactions, at the very least, I recommend do, trying to do your data entry when you get your bank statement at the end of the month or whenever you get your bank statement. And then as far as, as, uh, you know, beyond entering all of the, the, um, the expenses, what should people be doing on a, on a routine basis? Um, If you have, so there's entering the expenses, tracking your income. There's a couple different ways if you're using QuickBooks to track your income. You can actually invoice your customer or you can go directly in as you're making the deposits and put it just directly to the income. So it really depends if you need to keep, if you're using QuickBooks to track who owes you or not. Um, So you would create an invoice if that was the case. Then the other thing I would say is you want to track your income, you want to enter your expenses, and then you want to be, if you're using a credit card or bank account, you want to be reconciling it, um, which is taking the time to basically verify what you entered into QuickBooks matches what happened in your bank account. That's really important because it's the only way you verify that everything got entered. And then I would say, if you're using the desktop version, back up your QuickBooks, you know, whenever you do a large data entry, mm-hmm. take the time to back it up. Because my mother-in-law once accidentally spilled her glass of wine while visiting with a friend oh. on her computer and fried it. And that's the kind of stuff that happens or we get a virus or unfortunately technology just doesn't last as long as it used to and your computer breaks. So if you're on that cloud version, if you're on QuickBooks Online, you don't need to worry about backing up. But if you are on the desktop version on your computer, you want to make sure you have an external drive and you back it up every now and then, as well as all of the work you're probably doing for other people and things like that, you're probably backing that up. Yeah, I have in QuickBooks, I use the desktop version. um, And it's pretty good at at giving you reminders, regular reminders, you need to back this up. Um, So I use I have a I back up my whole computer system on a regular basis. But then when it says, you know, you need to back up quick QuickBooks right now, then I, I, I have I don't know if this is smart or not, but I have a thumb drive and I click it, you know, I plug it in. And within about three seconds, the whole thing is backed up. Um, mm-hmm. And so I have it actually backed up in two different places. Not uh, everything else I use with Dropbox, but I think mm-hmm. the recommendation is not to back up to Dropbox for QuickBooks. Yeah, because it can corrupt the file. So it's mm-hmm. better if you just do an external drive. Um, QuickBooks offers a cloud-based where even if you're a desktop user, you can back it up to their cloud. It's really up to you what you choose to do. I just use an external mm. um, drive or you could use a thumb drive. I actually have an external computer that plugs in like a thumb drive, but it's larger. <laughs> it sounds a lot larger. <laughs> it's an external computer. Um, okay. So what about reports? Are there uh, the the three reports that you were talking about? How often should people be pulling those? The profit and loss, I would pull that whenever you're done reconciling, like every month, check and see what happened. Mm-hmm. And you compare, you could compare your month, like month, what happened that month, year to date. So you can kind of see like how you've done like say it's June now, what have you done through half of the first half of the year? Is Are you where you want to be at? That kind of thing. And the balance sheet, um, you really don't have to look at that every month. I would probably look at that maybe once a quarter. You basically just pull that every so often just to make sure that everything looks like it's in the right places as far as your bank account looks correct, your loans look correct, um, your credit cards, that kind of stuff. But the profit and loss is the main one. And then your sales by item summary, the other report I talked about, I would probably pull that one monthly too, just to kind of see that one's going to give you more of a breakdown of just your income, 
where where all of the different forms you received your income. Mm. Okay. Well, that's a good heads up. Thank you. Um, yes. Well, this this has been wonderful. And I know that you, I don't think that I touched on all of the things that you offer. So can you tell people um, what kind of training you give and what kind of services you have? Sure. I offer, I basically love teaching QuickBooks and try to make it as simple as possible. I have a mini course that is actually free that you guys can check out at candicecampford.com forward slash mini course. It's how to get started with QuickBooks in under an hour. And then a couple times a year, I open up a course called Confidence with QuickBooks, which is a course where I offer support inside of it, where you learn basically from the moment you set it up all the way through pulling your reports and everything in between to enter your data, make sure you're doing it properly. And then I recently started a new community called uh, I just I just started it. QuickBooks Simplified. <laughs> and that is for a little bit more advanced users. It could be at, you can be at any level, but it's where you guys, they choose this community chooses what trainings and workshops we put on every month. And then I do a live Q&A mm-hmm. just for the community where they can go, hey, Candace, will you review my computer? I got to the point where I couldn't support everybody on my YouTube channel and through email and stuff like that to answer all their questions. So I decided to create a monthly community where they can choose to come in for whatever period of time that you guys want and get your questions answered and choose what you want to learn and get to vote and whatever is voted up ends up being the topic for the month. So we just started that and we're having a lot of fun. That's great. That's a really good idea. So that is that a Facebook Facebook community or do people find that on your website? Yeah, so it's QuickBooks uh, simplified.com. You'll be able to find it on my website. Mm-hmm. It is a Facebook community, but it's actually also in a membership site. So all the content is stored inside membership because a few of my people in my community actually don't love Facebook. And so there's, there's places on Facebook where they can find out about it, but most of it is actually done outside of Facebook in, um, in zoom, which is a soft, a platform where we can sh- screen share and I can see their screens and inside of a membership site. So, and then the last thing I would tell people is whenever you're learning something new, it can be overwhelming. And so whether it's accounting or something, other area of your business, just to make sure you're patient and kind with yourself because you're learning something new and everybody, it takes time, no matter what skill level or um, skill you are learning. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's such a good reminder because we can be awfully hard on ourselves. You know, we can be our, our own worst critics sometimes and you you have to go gentle on yourself when you're learning these things. Um, so thank you for that reminder. Yeah, you know, be patient. I always tell people like, this is not your strength. Probably you probably have, you know, writing or some other area for your community is your strength and accounting probably isn't. You're probably very artistic. So don't be so hard on yourself. This is important to track, but be kind in the process of learning it. <laughs> right. I like that. Well, Candice, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I, I know that this is going to be a relief for a lot of people to hear. Um, and just to know that you're out there if they need some extra help. Sure. Have a great day, guys. And that does it for our interview with Candace Kampfer. I don't know about you guys, but I find it a huge relief to know that other entrepreneurs and small business people are also having trouble with accounting and the bookkeeping challenges, not just in terms of doing the bookkeeping, but the whole psychology behind figuring out the value of our services and even sending out those invoices. 
One of the key takeaways for me um, from this conversation with Candace was about making everything super clear upfront in writing. And I am going to review my services agreement and I'm going to be definitely making some tweaks to it. The big thing is that I want to give clients peace of mind in what they'll be spending, but also leave room for the projects to grow. Because for ever since I've been doing life story projects, at least half of the clients that I've worked with, um, the projects have grown in scope from what they had originally planned to do. So it's kind of a balancing act that we have to that we have to perform, and that might be sort of unique to our our industry. Um, so leaving that room for the projects to grow, but also being very clear about. Um, the investment that they're going to be making. A few other things. So we mentioned backing up accounting data um, and really all of our data. So anything having to do with our projects, the writing, the photos. Um, and I said that I use... <clears throat> I use a thumb drive to back up my desktop version of QuickBooks. Um, But like I've mentioned before, redundancy is key. So I also use Time Machine on my Mac. And that's just a program that runs in the background. And it saves everything on your computer onto an external device. And what I use is a um, a Toshiba. It's a solid state external drive. And one of the things that I really like about the model that I use is that it's an all metal casing. Um, I have one for my backtop and one for my laptop. And I'm not as good about backing up my laptop because I don't want to carry around the external hard drive all the time. But the the one that I use for my desktop, it just stays plugged in. It's got a USB plug and it stays plugged into the computer at all times. So if you're interested in looking at any of those, I'll put a link to the kind that I use. But there's all different uh, models, all different makes of, of these kinds of external hard drives. Now, I also have a subscription to Crash Plan for small businesses. And um, that is a cloud-based service and it backs up everything on a very regular basis. I forget how often it's set to back it up, I, um, but it backs up everything on the computer. Um, and that includes QuickBooks. So you don't want to back up QuickBooks to Dropbox, which Dropbox is not. Um, for the record, that's that's not a backup service. That's just something that you can use to be have access to whatever files you have in Dropbox from any device, but don't rely on it for backing up things. So I have the crash plan, I have the Toshiba external hard drives, and then as I had mentioned for QuickBooks, occasionally I will also just back up QuickBooks only onto a thumb drive. One last note, I really liked how Candace reminded us to be kind and patient with ourselves when we're learning something new. And that's whether it's accounting or just learning the life story business overall. Things can get really overwhelming and we have to take care of ourselves. Like she said, we have to be kind to ourselves. All of this gets easier as you go along. It gets easier the more practice that you have in doing these things. But don't beat yourself up if it takes some time to get there. Kindness and patience isn't just something that we should show to other people. It's something that we need to give ourselves to. Here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to take a look at your contract or services agreement, whatever you use at the beginning of a project. See if there's a way to hone the language that you use to describe the service or the product that you're providing and the investment that the client will be making. And find find out if there's a way to make that clearer. That's a way of being kind and patient with yourself because it's going to give you um, more peace of mind when you present the client with the invoice. 
Um, and if you have a better idea of, of doing these things, if you have anything that you'd like to share, please do so in the comments of the show notes. That's also where you'll find links to everything that Candace mentioned, links to her sites, um, the courses that she runs, and uh, everything else that we talked about. So to find those, you head over to thelifestorycoach.com and look for episode 24. So again, that's thelifestorycoach.com, episode 24. And if you'd like to take a moment to review uh, the show on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. So the reviews and the ratings on iTunes are really what help us get the word out, not just about the show, but about doing Life Story as a business. Um, I appreciate you listening. And one last thing, um, Amazon Prime in about a week from now, I can't remember exactly what day, I'm I'm going to be putting this up on July 9th, 2018. Um, Amazon Prime is going to be running their big sale Prime Day. And I believe that 23andMe is running a sale. If that is the case, then I'll go ahead and I'll... um, Um, I'll put something on the website uh, with a link to that. If you're interested at all in genetic genealogy, genetic testing for genealogy, that might be something to look into because I believe what they're doing is bundling both the um, genetic testing for genealogy and for health. That's something that I've become interested in just about after learning some things that are genetically determined, like um, empathy, how much empathy we have, um, the different types of empathy that we have. And this is something that I'm just now learning about. And maybe I'll I'll do another episode on this. Um, if you're interested, I already did one episode on Ancestry DNA. And I'm not sure which number that was. It might be 18, 19. I can't remember. But if you go to thelifestorycoach.com and just plug in Ancestry DNA in the search box, you'll be able to find that. I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. Until then, go out and save someone's story.